Good morning, and welcome to A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. For over 60 years, East Central Illinois' daily gathering spot for conversation, dialogue, and ideas. You can join in on the phone, online, or via text. Our phone number is 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And welcome back. We're in studio here today. Good to be back home again. Had a nice trip yesterday, great trip yesterday over to Springfield on a beautiful day to uh, broadcast from the Abraham Lincoln Presidential Library uh, and Museum. And we certainly enjoyed all of the guests. Hope you enjoyed that show. Got a lot of response to it. I think a lot of interesting um, things to see and do over there. So we appreciate uh, the folks there at the Abraham Lincoln Library for hosting us yesterday. Back home today here in downtown Champaign. Good to be with you. We will have an open forum here for this first uh, 30 to 40 minutes. At uh, 9.40 this morning, we're going to visit a few minutes with the new uh, CEO and president at the YMCA, the Rick Stevens uh, family YMCA. Uh, Jeff Scott is the new CEO. That was announced late yesterday, so we'll talk to him. He's been the principal over at Cary Busey School. So we'll talk to Jeff uh, in just a little bit, about 9.40 or so this morning. In the 10 o'clock hour, Jim Dye will sit in with me, as he does from time to time. We'll pick his brain a little bit in hour number two. And certainly when he's on, if you've got any questions for him, it's a kind of a continuation of an open line, just two of us in here instead of one person. So we can uh, do all that here this morning on this Wednesday, June the 6th. June 6th, always for those of us who, uh, and a lot of us, I know, um, know of people who served in World War II, but uh, the anniversary of D-Day in Normandy, June 6, 1944. Big, big turning point in World War II, obviously. It works for months and uh, maybe a couple of years even that the idea of a another front there on uh, the Normandy, as it turned out, is where they landed. Anniversary of D-Day, June 6, 1944. Uh, this also the anniversary of the death of Robert Kennedy. He was assassinated the night before and uh, passed away the next day, June the 6th, 1968, 50 years ago today. So there's a couple of things on the table there. Of course, uh, one of the big headlines yesterday, a couple of different things. One had to do with the whole Philadelphia Eagles celebration at the White House that got canceled. They had a big patriotic celebration there yesterday. You may have seen and heard about that. Also, the uh, Miss America pageant, no longer to be called a pageant, ending the swimsuit portion of that. Uh, that announcement made yesterday, Gretchen Carlson, who was a former Miss America and now the uh, head of the event, making that announcement yesterday. So I'd like to get your reaction to all of that. You can certainly uh, weigh in on that if you'd like. California primary results, former President Obama and Iran in the news. Learning of more incidents, uh, not only here in the state of Illinois, but in Indiana and West Virginia, of a slingshot and ball-bearing attacks in other states. They're trying to piece all that together. We've got uh, news on the sports front. Io DeSumo makes the cut for the USA under-18 team. So that was news and had a great night last night. You see it on the banner of the News Gazette today, the uh, Kiwanis-Tom Jones Challenger League. We had uh, the coaches out there, Illini night, and uh, just great to see Josh Whitman, Lovey Smith, Brad Underwood out there, Nancy Fay, and uh, Janet Rayfield are coaches out there. Big picture of them and a lot of videos and different things related to it at News Gazette Media. So certainly you can check all that out as well. So perfect night for that last evening. 
But open line, open forum here in the uh, first hour, 356-9397. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. Or you can email us, talk at wdws.com. We'll take our opening break, and we will continue with more Penny for Your Thoughts in a moment. Thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS, open uh, microphone going here, open forum for the next little bit. We're at 913 and 62 degrees. And a text from Dave, he says, could you at least mention on your broadcast that uh, today we will and have marked the 74th anniversary of D-Day and ask people to uh, hang their flags. That would be uh, more way, uh, be way more than the News Gazette did. How soon we forget Dave in Champagne? Well, uh, the D-Day uh, anniversary is today, and uh, we want to kind of relive that here a little bit, as I uh, tend to do from time to time, with really big moments in history. And Bill Curtis put together this uh, in remembering D-Day, June 6, 1944. Here you go. It was the biggest overseas military operation in the biggest war in world history, and its best-kept secret as well. D-Day a military term for the first day of a military operation was a fitting description for the event, which turned the tide of battle in World War II. Plans by the United States and Britain to invade German-occupied Northern Europe had been in the works for nearly two years before the summer of 1944, when the supreme commander of those Allied forces, General Dwight Eisenhower, gave his assent to begin a massive landing at the French coastal town of Normandy. Those still awake in America and listening to their radios in the wee hours of June 6, 1944, were most likely listening to the harmonic band of Leo Diamond and his Harmonaires when suddenly, at 12.41 a.m. Eastern Time, the broadcast was interrupted with the first news of the invasion. We interrupt our program to bring you a special broadcast. The German news agency Transocean said today in a broadcast that the Allied invasion had begun. I repeat, the German news agency, Transocean, said today in a broadcast that the Allied invasion had begun. There was no Allied confirmation. Within hours, official confirmation of the invasion came in a broadcast transmitted from the Supreme Headquarters of the Allied Expeditionary Force in London. Soldiers, sailors, and airmen of the Allied Expeditionary Force, you are about to embark upon the Great Crusade, toward which we have striven these many months. The eyes of the world are upon you. The hopes and prayers of liberty-loving people everywhere march with you. When the news broke, the NBC radio network sounded their four-chime alert. The fourth chime was a note added to the familiar three-chime NBC musical signature. It was an emergency signal, sounded on the air, to affect the immediate gathering of key NBC operating personnel responsible for broadcasting news. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the NBC newsroom in New York, where we are standing by to bring you the news of the reported operations against the continent by the Allies, which only the German radio has so far announced. The National Broadcasting Company intends to continue with its network service coast to coast throughout the rest of this night. This is our official notification to stations affiliated with NBC that we will continue broadcasting throughout the remainder of these nighttime hours. This is the National Broadcasting Company. For the next 24 hours, network radio was on flesh basis, 
ready for round-the-clock operation to broadcast uninterrupted news of the invasion, which Allied forces had termed Operation Overlord, but which would remain forever celebrated as simply D-Day. Despite heavy resistance by German troops, the landings were a tactical success, as Allied troops gained their first foothold in France since the beginning of the German occupation of that nation four years earlier. Less than three months later, on August 25, 1944, Allied troops liberated the French capital of Paris. Bill Curtis, D-Day, 1944. We remember those who uh, served today and uh, thank them for their service and remember those who lost their lives. June 6, 1944, the uh, anniversary of D-Day. And it's uh, interesting with all that uh, surrounds that particular story. Uh, I know Bill mentioned it. There was pressure from Stalin. He had wanted that second front opened up. Uh, along uh, for two, a couple of years to relieve some pressure, and it just took a while to get everything assembled, and uh, what an amazing uh, invasion that turned out to be. And I've had people, I've never been to Normandy, and it's one place I'd really like to go. I've had friends who have gone there who say it is spectacular, and it's uh, really moving. So anyway, we just wanted to uh, pass that along on this anniversary. This is also the uh, 50th anniversary of the death of Robert F. Kennedy, RFK, who had been assassinated the uh, night before, shot uh, the night before by Sirhan Sirhan. Uh, June 5th of 1968, this is the day that he uh, passed away, and there are some ceremonies uh, going on today. I think Bill Clinton is a part of those ceremonies today uh, out at Arlington Cemetery. So that's a couple of the anniversaries on this date. Uh, this also, the guys, uh, both uh, Dave and Elizabeth mentioned earlier, a couple of other things. This is the day the YMCA, Young Men's Christian Association, founded in London, 1844. We're going to talk with the uh, Stevens Family YMCA. And president just named Jeff Scott coming up here in just a little bit. Jim Dye will join me in hour number two. Uh, this is also the uh, day that the first drive-in movie theater opened in 1933, Camden, New Jersey. First drive-in movie theater. They still have the one, what, up near uh, Gibson City. You can drive in. Need to do that, too, at, the, at some point. The uh, movie shown was Wives Beware. That's what they say, 1933. And uh, let's see here. One other note. This day, 1925, Walter Persley Chrysler founded the Chrysler Corporation on this day, 1925. 356-9397 is how you can join us on the phone lines. You can text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com. Want to tell you about Swanson Roofing? Corey Swanson, a hands-on owner, one of our sponsors here. He works on almost every job with the uh, Swanson crew. It's uh, truly a family-owned business, 100% owned and operated by Corey Swanson, his wife Melissa. Every job site 100% cleaned up, and uh, that's one of their strongest attributes. Also, the uh, roofing dog crew, comprised of roofing professionals certified in roof installation. All of the crew or company employees receive full benefits and 401k. So they're incentivized to do a great job for Corey and Melissa and for you. And they'll help you with some small repairs, even if you did not get your roof done previously by Swanson Roofing. They're happy to come out and fix any problems you might face. So the Roofing Dog provides services in Champaign, Vermilion, Ford, and McLean counties. You can visit them at 355 Roof or visit Swanson Roofing online at theroofingdog.com. 
All right, uh, we go to the phones, and I've uh, let's see. Uh, let me make sure. Is this Evan? Evan, are you there, Evan? I am. How hey, you doing? How are you, Evan Stone? Good yeah, to visit I'm with doing you. Doing good. How are you doing? Good. Yeah. This is a friend of mine. He was a youth minister at New Horizon out here. You went out to Colorado Springs. Yes, I did. And how long you been out there now? Oh, it'll be two years in August. Yeah. And uh, last wow. night, you're, you, did you celebrate your anniversary last night? We did. Eight years. Yesterday. Eight years. Well, congratulations to you and Rebecca. Thanks, Brian. And yeah. uh, you're out at dinner last night. And what happened in Colorado Springs? Yeah, so uh, I'm sure you're aware. But um, there is a U18 United States of America basketball team that is uh, competing in the FIBA World Championships. And so they've been holding tryouts and practices here and um, – kind of a big deal and uh, Ayo DeSumo uh, Illinois five-star recruit was announced that he made the team yesterday and so I was um, telling my wife about this this recruit he made the team that they were out here they were practicing having tryouts and uh, sure enough as we're sitting out on the patio two big white passenger vans pull up with the U.S. Olympic symbols on them and, and I said babe I think those are I think that's the basketball team and uh, Io hops out, and so I, I give him an ILL uh, shout-out, and he responds, and, and uh, the guys seem to be pretty excited that someone knew him and all the way out in Colorado, so that was pretty cool. And uh, she said, who's coaching the team? I said, uh, Bill Self is. And she said, babe, if he shows up, you've got to give him the ILL shout-out as well. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, about 10 minutes later, here comes all the coaches walking out, and his back is to me. And yeah. so I just uh, I shout, I-L-L. And he turns around. He's on the phone. He turns around, gives me a slight little smile, and he responds, I and I, have a good meal. <laughs> Bill Self. You gave, you gave him the I-L-L. Wow. Yeah. That's... And he still responds. Oh, that was pretty cool. Of him. <laughs> That's pretty cool because he's been in Kansas a long time now. So. Yes, he yeah. has. I, I guess you could have dropped a rock chalk Jayhawk on him too. but I would but, never have done yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're too loyal an Illini fan to do that. So too loyal. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's a great story. So, what restaurant was it? Can you? I mean, it was you, uh, BJ's Brew House. It's really? a popular destination here in Colorado Springs. Okay. Really good. Yeah. So, did you get to talk to Iowa at all, or just give them the ILL? No, we had uh, we had our kids with us, and okay. I thought that would have been a process to make it happen. <laughs> but yeah. Well, good. Well, that's a really cool story. I like that. I like your sense of yeah. humor there too. Uh, it was good. Yeah. It was good. Yeah. Well, you're I big... like to think he was on the phone with a recruit, <laughs> and uh, some recruit he's recruiting just heard the ILL I and I chant, so that'd be good. <laughs> well, you're always saying, I know you're a great loyal Illini fan, so. Yes, sir. I appreciate it. Hey, Evan, great to hear from you. Yes, Brian. Well, it's good. Thanks for letting me call in. Oh, you're welcome. No, that's a great story. Thanks. Yeah. You have all, a good day. All the best to you and Rebecca. We'll see you. All right. Bye, Brian. All right. Thank you. Evan Stone, friend of mine, Colorado Springs, at dinner, anniversary dinner, runs into the under-18 team that Io just made the cut for. He gives Io the ILL, I-N-I, from the young man. He gives Bill Self the ILL. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, Pat, how are you? Fine. How about you, Brian? Good. Hey, who were you just talking to? Was that a classmate of yours? No, he's a guy I know. He was a youth minister at our church at one time. And 
Champaign. In Champaign. Yep. Okay. Cliff is out in Loveland, Colorado now. Oh, is that right? Yeah. He's been out there um, about six weeks. I don't know my Colorado cities. That Where is Loveland in relation to Denver? It's not far from Colorado Springs. Okay. Um, and it's it takes about 45 minutes to get to the airport and the heavy traffic in the Denver airport. So uh, Greeley, uh, Fort Collins, Loveland, and it's all right there together. And Estes mm. Park. Mm. I've heard it's uh, uh, about 30, 30 minutes from Loveland. I've, I've heard it's beautiful out there. I've uh, I went to Denver. Oh, he loves it out there. I went to Denver for uh, minor league baseball and major league baseball uh, games to broadcast. But yeah. uh, it's uh, that's all I've ever been really is to Denver. Uh, he sits outside, and enjoys all that nice weather where we're steaming, and <laughs> um, he. Uh, just got a job. He went out there without a job or anything. His son's out there, so he went out there to be with him. Is that right? Yeah. Hmm. Uh, I just wondered if that was a classmate. Maybe he knew Brian. Uh, Brian. Maybe he knew Cliff. No, no, he didn't. And uh, no, he's a little younger than than all all of us. But um, yeah. But no, he's a. Yeah, uh, Cliff is old. I'm not. <laughs> Well, no, you're not aging at all, but, uh, you know. Is that what your mother says? That's what my mom says, yes. Yeah. Okay, nice talking to you. Thank you, Pat. Have a good day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. 356-9397. Text in from Mike on the Castle Heating and Cooling Cake Line. Cake Line. Text Line. He says, since the cake decision in Supreme Court uh, was made, how long will it be before we hear from the bed and breakfast in Paxton? I can't remember where that is in the bed and breakfast in Paxton. I know there's been a lot of legal uh, back and forth. I have to look that up and kind of refresh my memory. Uh, back to the phones here at 926. Carl, good morning. Yeah, I have a couple of uh, little tidbits about uh, D-Day. Okay. That I wanted to mention. Uh, there was the, They had the fake army. I forget what the, uh, the number they called it, headed up by George Patton, that had the... Uh, false tanks and everything and oh uh over by the pot at calais i believe i pronounced that right and actually they were surprised in the debriefings how how fooled the germans were actually by it the germans actually believed the main invasion would come from the pot at calais right which delayed their response to the attack on normandy yeah, and I'm and trying to. And I'm, thing, and I'm trying to remember. The I other think. Thing was, go uh, ahead. What? Go ahead, Carl. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. The other thing was Winston Churchill had a big argument with uh, Eisenhower about uh, being coming part of the eva- joining the invasion, and uh, I think it was George V or George VI. I can't remember the numbers. He said, "Well, if Winston's going, I'm going too." which set Winston up. <laughs> well, yeah, because the British wanted Montgomery to run it, right? Not Eisenhower. No, no. The problem was Winston wanted to go along. Oh, I see. On the On. invasion. Yeah, he wanted to be there. Oh, I see. Okay. So the king said, okay, if you're going, I'm going. So hmm. Winston couldn't allow that. So he... Uh, he uh, shut up. Yeah, he had to back down a little bit. 
Yeah, so. That's right. And I'm trying to remember if it was um, – I think I read somewhere that Rommel, who was helping to set up a lot of the um, forces there, uh, I think he took off uh, on a vacation. They were thinking it was either going to come later or come at a different spot when the yeah, invasion that's actually what occurred. Yeah, I understand, too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm sorry I've been stepping on you, Brian. Oh, that's okay. I've got to listen better. <laughs> anyway. All right. Hey, thanks, Carl. Okay, bye. Great to hear from you. 356-9397. A quick break. Back with the news headlines coming up. And we'll visit with Jeff Scott here in a few minutes, the new CEO and president at the Stevens Family YMCA. We'll do all that after the news. But first, this time out. Well, the Woods Basement family has helped over 55,000 homeowners. And we've talked before about this with the basement uh, crawl space wall cracks. They are a problem. And what's lurking in your dirt crawl space? Mold, pests of all types, and those nasty smells, especially with the air conditioners running now at a high level. And what we'd like you to do if you're having some issues with the cracks, uh, call the area's highest-rated, most-reviewed contractor, Woods Basement Systems. Crawl space uh, wall cracks will let water leak into your crawl space. Most of that water gets trapped on top of the vapor barrier, too, and it evaporates up and into your home, and mold loves that. It's a couple of things with these cracks. They get worse if you ignore them, so don't... Uh, don't ignore them, okay? I mean, it's only going to get worse. And they keep stealing value from your home until the cause is fixed. So if you'd like to get a free estimate, uh, give them a call today at 888-935-4333 or go to woodsbasementsystems.com, 888-935-4333 or woodsbasementsystems.com. These are the folks to contact. Since 1986, the Woods family helping over 55,000 homeowners along the way, and that's a lot of people. All right, keep the emails, the phone calls, and the texts coming in. We've got news headlines with Michael Kaiser coming up next, and we'll continue with more Penny for Your Thoughts. Jim Don. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. 217-351-5357. Penny for Your Thoughts continues here on DWS on this Wednesday, June the 6th. We talked about D-Day a little bit. Talked about the anniversary of the uh, death of RFK, Robert F. Kennedy. Former President Clinton and members of the Kennedy family at Arlington National Cemetery today to mark the 50th anniversary. Kennedy, the former Attorney General and presidential candidate, was assassinated 50 years ago Wednesday at the age of 42. The uh, Navy veteran is buried at Arlington near his brother, former President John F. Kennedy. I was thinking about that uh, yesterday over at the Abraham Lincoln Library, just thinking about that 50th anniversary of Robert Kennedy. Of course, was in the primary they had, what, the California primary, which usually always came at the end, and uh, wound up being Hubert Humphrey, of course, running against Richard Nixon. And there was a lot of there was some people talking over there of about what would have happened, and I think it's been in the national news, too, if Robert Kennedy had survived or been and that not happened. And ha- would he have been elected president? Would he have defeated Richard Nixon in 1968? Would we have had, obviously, wouldn't have had Watergate if Nixon had not been elected? Um, which in turn may not have led to Gerald Ford or Jimmy Carter. And uh, what about Ronald Reagan? I mean, it's just those events in history that happen along the way 
that turn the course of history. But it's an interesting thing to uh, think about. Whether they've been good or bad, I don't I mean, who knows? But it was just a, a case of what if this would have happened or that would have happened. 356-9397. Can't go back and do it over, obviously. You can also text us, Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357, and you can email us, talk at wdws.com uh, is the way to join us. Jeff Scott joins us on the uh, phone here, the uh, new CEO and president of the Stevens Family YMCA. Jeff, how are you? I'm wonderful, Brian. Thanks. Hey, congratulations on that. Thank you very much. Uh, it's it's a, a real honor and, and a and a great opportunity for me, so I'm really excited. And you're working at Cary Busey still right now. Uh, how long you been there? Well, I've been the principal at Cary Busey. I just completed my eighth year. So yes, I'm still uh, still here. Going to work through the end of the month at least, and uh, you know try to get everybody ready for the next school year and get the summer work done and at least get things prepared for the next principal. I know you enjoyed your work there, so that probably wasn't an easy decision, right? No, we, we have an amazing school out here in Savoy at Cary Busey. We have an amazing facility, a great um, staff and faculty here. We our, our staff is just amazing. You know, our office staff has so, so been so wonderful to work with, and, and our teachers are great. And then, you know, we just have great kids and great families. And so um, it is tough because it's a great place to get to go to work every day. But uh, at the end of the day, I just saw this as a as a new um, chapter, new opportunity, and a, and a way to make some more influence and impact in this community. Well, tell me how this came about. I know Mark, we had Mark on uh, back, I think, in January before he retired, and he retired yeah. at the end of March. I know he's been a mentor to you, right? Did he did he encourage you to apply for the job? Yeah, Mark and I talked about it. He said it's a wonderful job and a wonderful way to, you know, to really do some great things in the community and, and had some other members of the community come to me and say, hey, this would be a good fit for you. And um, you know, at the end of the day, looking at it, it was it was a combination of um, all the things that I'm passionate about. You know, our community, um, children, uh, health and wellness, which is a big part of what we do at Cary Busey, which is another thing that I'm just you know always passionate about. Um, uh, an opportunity to infuse um, my my Christian faith and in, into my leadership in a way that I wasn't able to do at the schools, and so um, just some really neat things that I I saw as as a, as a great fit for me. And as I got deeper into it, I thought, man, this this job does look like it's really um, something I want to pursue. Jeff Scott is with us for a couple minutes. He just named the uh, new CEO and president of the uh, Stevens Family YMCA. So when do you start out there, Jeff? Well, I'm going to start in August. Um, just at the beginning of August, we. Um, we have a family vacation, you know, planned for July, and, and my family's super important to me, and so I just didn't want to give that up. And then my son and I actually are going to um, Malawi in Africa for two weeks um, with our church, Copper Creek Church, um, here in Champaign, and doing some mission work in in um, in Africa. So um, just a trip we've been planning for a year or so, and um, you know, another important part of my faith journey and in my my family, and so we're going to do that, and then I'm going to get back and hit the ground running when we get back from that. Well, I know Mark uh, spearheaded uh, the fundraising, got everything in place. I mean, that place is busy all the time out there, uh, so I guess when you when you step into the job, you're going to kind of just have your eyes open and, and observe and kind of feel uh, and, and look at it, right, and just kind of see what right. what's next. Yeah, Brian, I've got a lot to learn. You know, I'm, I'm a member at the Y, so I've been out there for many years, and, you know, we used to 
we used to have wrestling practice at the Y at the old downtown Church Street location when I was coaching wrestling at Champaign Central. So I've been a part of the Y for a long time, you know, not in, obviously in this role. So I've got a lot to learn. I'm going to I'm gonna do a lot of observation. I'm going to spend a lot of time with our staff and members and try to learn some things about, you know, where we can be better and where we can do more. Um, you know, and it is. It's packed. Um, you know, I think one of the first orders of business is going to be to look at how do we expand um, out there in the new um, facility at the Carl Complex to the south is, you know, growing and there's just so much opportunity for growth out there. And so looking at ways for our community to be able to partner with us even more and find new um, programming and new things that we can do to, you know, um, deepen the impact of what the Y is doing right now. You've got a lot of kids you uh, work with at Cary Busey. Uh, your number of kids is going to grow. Kids, families, uh, adults, uh, you're going to have a whole new family out there. That's right. And, you know, that that actually was a big part of the, the decision factor for me. You know, I get to this point in my life, and it's like, how can I, you know, have more significance um, in what I do? And, you know, I feel like every day I came to work at Cary Busey, there was a great chance to be significant in the lives of these kids. But, man, that you're exactly right. The numbers of kids and families just increases exponentially, and so it's going to be a great opportunity to help our community grow. Yeah. And I know you mentioned this, so you were the wrestling coach at Central. Mark, that's kind of where you met Mark, right? Yeah. First time? Yeah. You know, when I came to Champaign Central in 1995, Mark was, um, you know, I think he'd been in his second year coaching at Illinois. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a young coach, don't really know much. And I went up to the U of I wrestling room and just struck up a friendship that lasted, well, it lasts till these days now. And, and uh, he was just such a great mentor to me. And taught me so much about, you know, wrestling and, and leadership in a wrestling program and, and just been always been a great friend and a great support mm-hmm. for me. So uh, it, it's been – it was kind of ironic that he was the guy before me. But, uh, you know, the wrestling part doesn't have a lot to do with the why. Um, it just didn't, It's just kind of an odd coincidence that both of us have that background. So. Well, congratulations on the on the job. It's a, it's a great facility, and uh, I know you're looking forward to getting started and, and wrapping up at Kerry Busey first. So we just want to wish you well and – your family, and uh, maybe we'll talk to you down the road. Absolutely. I'd love that. Thanks, right. Brian. Thank you, Jeff. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye-bye. That's Jeff Scott, new CEO and president, Stevens Family YMCA, taking over for Mark Johnson, who retired March 31. They had a, a big search and uh, wound up with Jeff Scott in that job, former wrestling coach at Champaign Central, been a uh, principal at Kerry Busey the last uh, eight years. That announcement made late yesterday. We thank uh, him for coming on for a few minutes. 9.45. Back to the phones here on Penny for Your Thoughts. Alan, good morning. Morning, Brian. Uh, I guess we're already starting with the Reiner Prisker changes uh, feet. Reiner's come out with the FBI tapes of Blagojevich and uh, Prisker. I'm, I'm just kind of curious, how does... Uh, Somebody get the FBI tapes. Uh, do you have to go through the Freedom Information Act, or can anybody in public get <laughs> those? I just wonder how Runner is able to retrieve these uh, FBI tapes. Yeah, for people that don't know, he's talking about the commercials that Rauner has been running uh, that have an audio clip of Blagojevich talking to J.B. Pritzker. I don't know how many years ago, but um, yeah, I don't know how they get how they would have got a hold of those. That's that's. Well, a I, <laughs> I thought it was a case that. He really couldn't, you know, even though it's already been done, I would I would think uh, he couldn't just give them to anybody or, or how, how that works or how he's able to re- retrieve them. Yeah. Well, that's a really good question, Alan, because, I mean, from, overall, the big umbrella picture, you're not supposed to record people if they don't know that they're being recorded. Obviously, the FBI, you know, does what they do. But, I mean, how the Rounder campaign got a hold of that and can run right. it, I don't, I don't know. 
That's a really good question. Well, that's all I got. All right. Hey, thanks. Yep, bye. Appreciate it. Sorry I can't give you an answer, but maybe, maybe somebody knows how that works. Uh, let's see here. Text in, Castle Heating and Cooling text line. The Eagles owner and most of their management and players are leftists. That doesn't give them the right to disrespect the office of the presidency. The NBA and Hollywood are filled with people who hate Donald Trump. That's their right. But if you're constantly calling him a racist without ever offering any evidence or facts, then we have the right to turn them off and keep our money. That is from Bill. And I think the uh, Eagles, and I, I heard Rush talking about this a little bit yesterday, but uh, the fact that the Eagles were one of the teams that nobody ever did not stand for the national anthem. I think they had nobody kneel uh, during the course of the anthem. But uh, they had indicated that they weren't going to go to the White House, and I think the number dwindled down to a handful of players and some staff, and uh, the White House said uh, it's not worth the time is basically what happened there. Philadelphia Eagles coach Doug Peterson talking to the press for the first time since the team was disinvited from a White House event. He says, I'm not discussing it. It's over. What you have seen and what you've heard is enough. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles coach Doug Peterson says, why was it canceled? Probably because we didn't go. I mean, we could have, but we wanted to get work in and get our work done. See, he says of the White House meeting. And a text in from Benny. He says, I would have given Bill Self a rock chalk Jayhawk chant and an I-L-L-I-N-I chant. All right, 948 here at uh, DWS. Penny, for your thoughts, open uh, line going. We had Jeff Scott on for a few minutes, new CEO and president of the uh, Stevens Family YMCA. So congratulations to him. Thanks for uh, his time this morning. Taking your phone calls the rest of the way, Jim Dye will jump in with me in hour number two so we can continue the conversation. want to talk a little bit about the um, Miss America pageant change there, if you'd like to discuss that. be interested to hear your reaction to that. Cubs lose, Sox split, Cardinals got beat last night. All those teams, uh, Cubs and Cards, chasing the Brewers these days. Interesting uh, race there. And uh, also uh, news from Urbana Middle School, eliminating Deans as well. Of course, you had the high school uh, discussion that was going on, some controversy there. Now the middle school eliminating Deans as well over in Urbana. That's another story. And the truckers' entire route scrutinized, the News Gazette says, in wake of the I-74 window shatterings. Apparently over in Indiana and West Virginia as well. They've been checking into incidents there. Take your phone calls, emails, and texts. More of that after this. Any for your thoughts, News Talk 1400 DWS on this Wednesday, June 6th. Jim Dye will join me in hour number two. Caller off the air says the FBI tapes are available on the Chicago Tribune webpage. I don't know. Uh, oh, that. Thank you, by the way, for that information. I don't know if, um, since Blagojevich was convicted and he's in prison, do they just let those tapes float away? Does somebody acquire them? How did the Tribune get them? I guess even my question doesn't matter. Once somebody's been convicted, that's all fair game. Then I don't know. But uh, thank you for passing that along. Three five six nine three nine seven. You can text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. That's always open. Three five one. Five three five seven. You can email us talk at wdws.com. So more on that trucker entire route, the I seventy four window shatterings. Uh, that uh, Kevin Casey, Janesville, Wisconsin, still in the Champaign County Jail in connection to all of that. Uh, police in Indiana and West Virginia have been investigating similar damage to vehicle incidents on different interstates. I sixty four in West Virginia, I sixty five in Indiana. 
Sheriff's Office and two police departments in Lebanon and Whitestown. Said they were uh, recently, they were jointly investigating nine incidents of vehicles damaged on I-65 between March 31 and May 24. Also, uh, Casey, they say, is the operator of Casey Express LTD of uh, Janesville. According to the U.S. Department of Transportation uh, record system, that carrier hauls general freight, fresh produce, meat, refrigerated food, and beverages, and it logged 200,000 miles in 2016. And as of this week, had zero reportable crashes listed for the past 24 months. And in West Virginia, I guess, uh, the authorities there reported damage of incidents to, uh, to vehicles that have been hit by small, hard objects on I-64 in the Dunbar and South Charleston, West Virginia areas. And they say they plan to compare incidents in Illinois with similar incidents in other states to see if the same suspect may have been involved. So that's kind of the update on the, the truck driver and the slingshot and the ball bearings. Text in from Rich. He says, Benny would have given self a go Buckeyes, too. What a fan. <laughs> uh, 9.55 here at uh, DWS. John Cox out in California. Have you heard that name before? He wrote an endorsement from President Trump to a surprisingly strong second-place finish in the California gubernatorial primary. Republicans there in the uh, Golden State haven't won a statewide election in more than a decade, and he faces long odds against Democratic Lieutenant Governor Gavin Newsom, who won Tuesday's primary, will face Cox in November. They have an unusual primary out there in California. I think they call it a jungle primary. Basically, all these candidates, regardless of party, are all mixed in the pot together, and the top two finishers run off in the general election. Could have been two Democrats. Could have been a Democrat and a Green Party. Could have been a Republican. I mean, it didn't matter. It was the top two finishers, regardless of who, what party they're with. Uh, run in the fall for governor of California and all the races out there. And I know the um, House of Representatives, I know the Democrats have looked at California as a chance to flip some of those seats in California and pick up uh, a big chunk of the seats they would need to take control of the House of Representatives in November. So a lot of people have focused on the state of California in the election. And uh, Michael mentioned this during the news at the bottom of the hour. The Obama administration, uh, AP says, secretly sought to give Iran access to the U.S. financial system by sidestepping sanctions kept in place after the 2015 nuclear deal, despite repeatedly telling the opposite to Congress and the public. That's according to an investigation by Senate Republicans released on Wednesday. It reveals the Treasury Department issued a license in February of 2016 that would have allowed Iran to convert $5.7 billion it held at a bank in Oman uh, by exchanging those into euros uh, and then first into U.S. dollars. The effort was unsuccessful. The license wasn't illegal. And AP says still it sheds light on the delicate balance the Obama administration sought to strike after the deal as it worked to ensure Iran received its promised benefits without playing in the hands of the deal's opponents. So a little bit of uh, give and take there. And also that volcano of fire... Down in Guatemala, have you heard about that? Traffic at a standstill on choked roads yesterday, and those without vehicles walked for this uh, community, which was not under an evacuation order. But at least 75 people are dead, 192 missing. 
A column of uh, smoke rising from that mountain and hot volcanic material began descending its south side, prompting new evacuation orders for a half dozen communities and the closure of a highway. All of this in Guatemala. We were so focused on Hawaii, the one in Guatemala is the one that is causing some deaths there. And we'll get into uh, more of our national topics with uh, Jim Dye in hour number two, so you can keep the open line phone calls, emails, and texts coming as we work our way through this particular day on this Wednesday. Tomorrow we'll have mostly an open line during the course of the show. May hear a little bit. Uh, Josh Whitman uh, is holding a meeting today with the media, so we may have a little bit of uh, tape from him tomorrow. Kind of get an update from him on what's happening over at the uh, U of I this summer. And then on uh, Friday, uh, Jim Durkin's going to join us. He's the GOP leader in the House in Springfield. And what happened over there? Why was the budget so easy this time? Everybody was singing the praises of each side, saying, hey, we got together, compromise, it worked. Governor really, I mean, he if he didn't want to sign it, he didn't indicate it, he did sign it. Uh, even if he hadn't, he would have been overridden easily because the votes were very, very lopsided on uh, getting the budget here for the fiscal year coming up, starting July 1. So we'll talk to Jim Durkin about that, why that happened. Was it as simple as everybody got along? Or were there uh, the fact that it's an election year? Some cynics might say that, might say, yeah, it's an election year, and you know they wanted to get it done and wanted to move and go campaign. But we'll see what he has to say about it coming up tomorrow, uh, Friday morning at uh, 9 o'clock, and uh, then an open line after that on Friday to close out the week. All right, uh, that's it for the first hour. Appreciate Jeff Scott being on with us for a few minutes, the new president and CEO of the Stevens Family YMCA. Great story from Colorado Springs uh, with the sighting of the under-18 basketball team out there as uh, Iota Sumo makes the cut. He'll be part of the final 12. He'll play up in Canada here in a few days. And uh, a lot of different topics as well on the uh, plate today in this first hour. We'll come back with hour number two with Jim Dye next on WDWS. Champaign-Urbana, 10 o'clock. It's the second hour of A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart on News Talk 1400 WDWS. You can reach out to us on the phone at 217-356-9397. Email talk at WDWS.com. Or text on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, here's Brian Barnhart. And we are back. Penny for your thoughts. News Talk 1400 back in studio today. And we've had an open line that uh, first hour. Had some great conversations. We've got more to come here. You can keep the open line, open mic, open forum talk going here. Jim Dye has uh, jumped in with me here from the uh, News Gazette. We have him on from uh, time to time. And uh, you'd have loved uh, yesterday over at the uh, Abraham Lincoln Museum with the Four Presidents exhibit. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Lincoln Museum. Yeah. I think uh, I, sh- I would urge people, if they have not been there, uh, to go because it's a, a great experience. But the connection with the Four Presidents and their connection to Illinois and mm-hmm. uh, with uh, Lincoln and Grant and uh, Reagan and, of course, Obama. Four really interesting uh, presidents from a historical standpoint. Mm-hmm. Just uh, and I guess Illinois is fortunate to, you know, have been the home state of. Although Obama came by a, via Hawaii and California, California and a couple New, of other places, New, New <laughs> and Indonesia, yeah. but he's an Illini now. So, yeah, um, yeah I, I I think that sounds pretty cool. 
And what's interesting is, had he not uh, had all the superdelegates in 08, that exhibit might have been about Hillary Clinton with her Illinois connection. It could be. I you mean, know. that was a that was a close race right down to the wire, and Obama uh, yeah. came on top, came out on top. So how are you doing? I'm you fine. Busy? Yeah. I, I am busy, yes. Yeah. But I'm, I'm loving this weather that we're having. Yeah, finally warmed up enough. I'm just not outside enough to enjoy it. <laughs> Chained to my desk. We were talking earlier about D-Day. Uh, this is the anniversary of that. Yeah, what a, what, a, what an apocalyptic event. And I just was looking at one of the pictures, uh, one of the iconic photos of the men departing from those um, Huggins boats onto the beaches. And, you know, what a horrific meat grinder that was. Mm-hmm. The Germans uh, not as prepared in that location as they were further up the coast. Yeah, yeah that's interesting there. because there were a couple of beaches, I think, that the uh, that the uh, invaders, I'll call them, in other words, the Allies, uh, didn't really meet much resistance. But Omaha Beach was mm-hmm. just, a, you know, it's a charnel house. Yeah. Have you been there? I have not no, been there. Yeah, that's I one place been. I want to go. Yeah. And then I was also talking a little bit. This is the 50th anniversary. Uh, yesterday was the assassination of Robert F. Yeah, Kennedy. I mean, I clearly remember that. I woke up in uh, bed that morning. My mom was in my bedroom, and she said somebody shot Kennedy. And, of course, what a horrific what a horrific experience. Uh, two things about that. One is the, the loss of a, you know, of a father and a husband and mm-hmm. – and the second is the assault on the American democratic process. And that's one reason that I hold the view that Sirhan Sirhan should never be released because he attacked American democracy and he changed this country's history in a very, what I think is a negative way. And uh, that, that can't be forgiven. Mm-hmm. Would he have beaten Nixon in the fall? You know, that is the interesting question. I don't, even, I don't even think it's a guarantee that he would have been the Democratic Party nominee. People mm-hmm. may, may be thinking that he was, but that he was inevitable that he would have been, but uh, Hubert Humphrey was in a very strong position to be the Democratic nominee. Most of the nomi- most of the delegates were not elected by the voters in primaries, and they were basically the uh, products of uh, very politicized processes by inside politicians. So the idea that Kennedy would have been the inevitable nominee and would have there would have been another Nixon-Kennedy uh, showdown, I mean, I think is... Um, I think that's a little Mm -hmm. ill-conceived. I don't think that Kennedy necessarily, I mean, it could have been. It could have happened. That's the thing. See, we'll never know because because, uh, Sirhan Sirhan pulled the plug on the process. Mm -hmm. And he uh, died on this day 50 years ago, the the next day after uh, being shot uh, the night before. Uh, One other thing I want to hit on before we get to some calls and texts and emails, uh, this whole shooting incident, the incidents on 74, you, you say with, shooting, you mean the ball bearings. The ball bearings, yeah, the ball slingshots. bearings. The slingshots is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, slingshots, ball bearings, shattering of windows. Yes. Have you seen anything like that? I mean, you know, you no, a story it's, like that? It's really, it's really, really an ugly thing uh, that, that, you know, we're going to say this guy did. We don't know that he did it for sure yet because he hasn't been convicted. But the they seems they caught him in the act. That seems like pretty good evidence to me. But uh, it's just so unnecessary and so pervasive. And this guy, I think, is in... I mean, I think he's going to sorely regret his little adventure into this mindless vandalism. Apparently, you know, we could the, the authorities, if they choose to, uh, they can indict this guy in multiple counties of multiple states. And mm-hmm. I don't know why any of these. I mean, you could stack one case on another and uh, bury this guy. And uh, I, I don't know what he was thinking, but it's just such a mean spirited, unnecessary, foolish and dangerous thing that I think he's going to be treated very harshly by the courts. You, I mean, you already see the $2 million bond, which is, you know, I mean, he he's, does have a record and he's not from here, so I suppose he would be perceived as a flight risk. But, but uh, that tells you the attitude of the court right now. 
Did you think about it driving on 74 when they were looking for whoever was doing this or trying to figure it out? Uh, I've done a lot of driving mind. lately. You know, I don't do a lot of driving anymore. <laughs> uh, but when I have been out on the highway, I have not thought about it. But I, I have seen these incidents before where people, and of course, you know, I'm like everybody else. I was thinking some stupid kid is out there playing it. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, see these th- incidents every now and then where people will drop things from the overpass. Right. And onto cars, I, you know, a lot of times these are pranks where these kids don't really realize just how dangerous uh, this is to the people that they're 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 attacking. I remember a number of years ago when, uh, you know, I think it was around Arcola when these these kids uh, threw something at a uh, Amish buggy that was driving, and they actually killed a child that was in the buggy. This mm-hmm. is now we're talking twenty years ago now, yeah. but you know, that's it's just such a disgusting yeah. thing yeah. to think about. Unnecessary, yeah. All right, and, and so mean spirited. I yeah. just, I don't, I just don't get it. Questions or comments? Jim Dye is with us here this hour, as he is, and uh, let's go to the phones. Mark, good morning. How are you? Good morning, Brian. Jim, I'm doing well, thank you. Uh, yeah, you know, man's inhumanity, man. I'll never understand it, other than the fact that the Bible makes this very clear that evil is real. What people do is just unbelievable well i think you're exactly right on that there there is evil in this world and to the extent that we want to medicalize it or deny it or whatever i mean it's just it's just there and and, uh the sooner we recognize it and deal with it the probably the better off we'll be yeah and that's actually why i'm calling today um you may remember a couple years ago i talked to you about my friend uh fellow who used to work for me having a horrible accident on the mtd bus I tried to get uh, the news of that involved, but it was too early in the process. Well, it's gone full cycle, and uh, you know what conflicting anomalies would be, or Catch-22, or you can't have it both ways. Well, the MTD, I have paperwork that shows that uh, there's some major conflicting anomalies that went down in Sam's case. The judge threw it out. Judge Ford did a summary judgment, said it was... More than 50% Sam's fault, therefore there would be no trial. Well, in the process, I have paperwork that the judge never saw. Right in the beginning, the MTD denied there was ever an accident. For your request, uh, we requested you know, any pictures, video reports, anything going on at all with that bus that day. And with respect to your request, the CUMTD has no records to provide that fall under this request. Well, the way it works is if you have an accident on the bus, and by the way, the bus driver is trained, uh, always report and document each incident, no matter how minor. And um, what happens is supervisor then would look at the video of that incident and retain it. Mm-hmm. Well, they denied there was an accident report, therefore no video. You have a 10-day loop on the video, so it was gone. So throughout the inter- interrogatory phase, which is all the discovery phase out there, the only bus driver involved was the bus driver that was driving the bus when Sam fell. And Sam, basically Sam got up at a red light, throw away a bottle, the bus took off hard enough to stop all forward <clears throat> progress, throw him backwards, backpedaling to the fall where he sustained a neck injury. He immediately had knee pain. The bus driver stopped at the bus stop with the assistance of a passenger put Sam back in a chair or a seat. He went about his next, uh, went to the terminal, got another bus, went shopping at the grocery store, got back on a bus, got back to the terminal, got back with the original bus, original bus driver, who took him back to his apartment. 
At that point, the stenosis, which is the swelling around his spinal column, set in, and he could not get off the bus. He was standing at the door of the bus in extreme pain. The bus driver asked two total strangers to help Sam off the bus and get him back to his room. One under each arm got him off the bus. He went 40 yards that way, and he could no longer walk. One of them literally picked him up like a groom carries a bride, carried him 50 yards up a flight of stairs, and put him in his room, dropping him once. Now, I tell you, I'm not really familiar with the uh, the facts you're talking about here. I, I think if you have I'm additional telling. evidence. Uh, I uh, have all kinds of evidence. Well, then I want the, you folks is to this thing still appealable? I mean, if it is. No, uh, not according to all the attorneys I talked to. Yeah. Because the judge threw it out, summary judgment, and then the state appeals threw it out. Mm-hmm. Now, what's scary is, I mean, he literally is a quadriplegic. His legs are contracted. His arm is contracted. He has no fluids by mouth unless uh, given by a nurse in a very small straw. He's, it's horrible what he's going through. He's got a urostomy bag on him. He can do nothing but watch TV and go through pain. And the pain cycles through his body like you wouldn't believe on some days. And it's very, very frustrating because out of nowhere comes a driver's report literally two years after the accident from a female driver saying she took him back. And in that, she states that she made a report on that day. Well, why didn't the supervisor see that? And it comes out after discovery. I mean, the anomalies in this case are insane, and yet it never got in front of the judge. And the judge made his decision based on a deposition that was taken in ICU. It took three three attempts over four days. And at the end, and he was there for a urinary tract infection and pneumonia and i called for that deposition because he had a ventilator on and they told me there's a very good chance he'll always have to have that ventilator because of his condition so i wanted him to be able to talk and tell his story and at the end of that deposition they asked him so at the end of that all this that night that you were hurt Mm -hmm. did you get out of bed did you get out of bed to go to the bathroom he goes well yeah and everybody in that icu looked at each other Then he said, well, did you go anywhere else? Well, yeah, I went to Arby's. How'd you get there? I walked. Really? Yeah. Did you go anywhere else? Yeah. I went to the mall. I took the bus. Yeah. He was so hey, out of it. Hey, Mark, we're getting. It's, uh, I'm sorry about the story. We're getting into way too many details. But can we I mean, wrap it up here real quick? What, what do you want Jim to do other than? Well, I want the, pu- the court, the public opinion, the court of public opinion, to hear everything I've got to say. I've, I've gone down a path that deals with the courts, uh, the nursing homes, the hospital, and the MTD. And I'd like the opportunity to tell it vocally on your radio station. In the next mm-hmm. few days, I'll just add a little here, add a little there. And then I really need a journalist to look at this information I have and say, how in the world does this happen? Yeah. Okay. Thank well, very much. Just, I would send it on to, to Jim, okay? Thank you. Well, thank you. All right. Appreciate it. Three five six. I don't know what else to add to that. But, yeah, that's one of those stories. You know, we don't know anything at all about it, and it's all being thrown at us in yeah. fairly uh, brief period of time. I don't, I don't know what to say except sometimes, you know, you don't always get the justice that you seek in the courts. Right. And that's the. I mean, I'm, I'm really, really. That's a sad story. I don't know what else to to add to it there. Uh, Pat. Hey, Pat. Good morning. Good morning, Brian. Good morning, Jim. I want to compliment both you gentlemen. First of all for uh, letting that previous gentleman tell his story. Uh, I agree with you. It's, it sounds like uh, one that, you know, has a lot a lot of work to be done on it. But I, uh, I just think it's nice that, uh, Brian, you gave him the opportunity to, to tell the story and not cut him off. And mm-hmm. 
And uh, so that's the first thing I want to say. The second thing I want to say is, uh, Brian, you did a fantastic job over in Springfield yesterday. It was so informative. I know you guys have probably already talked about it. I'm a little late getting going this morning. Uh, I think you deserved a, a win and award for uh, for such a great show, Brian. I wouldn't be surprised that doesn't happen down the road. It was so informative. Uh, so thank have you, you been for to the Have you been to the Lincoln Library? Brian, I'm I'm almost embarrassed to say that I haven't. I get over uh, there now. What's the matter with you? <laughs> I know. I've actually I drove a charter bus for a while, and yeah. I took people there, uh-huh. uh, but never. Uh, I did go in just just in the lobby, but I didn't yeah. go. You know, I, I mean, you could spend what yeah. you know several days there, of course. Yeah. And uh, but you're right. But something so close by, uh, I, I I we do need to. My wife and I need to get over there. There's no yeah. question. Well, if you're a history buff uh, or if you're a Lincoln buff, I mean, it's uh, oh it's terrific. yeah, absolutely. Uh, the next thing I wanted to compliment Jim Dye on his article in the paper yesterday, uh, just intriguing about the, uh, the, the professor up at Northwestern. I, yeah, I, you're you talking know, about uh, the Porter All Story Simon case. Oh yeah. my gosh, that was, I know what you're gonna be doing, uh, Jim Dye, when you retire, and I hope that's not for a long time because the news that's losing too many good people. That's for sure. But you uh, you definitely are gonna be a novelist crime <laughs> drama because, uh, I, I, I had one quick question, Jim. I want to talk fast because I had one other thing I wanted to say. Do you do you have any idea whether that professor maybe had been involved in the uh, the Innocence Project with Northwestern at all? Oh, I think he was involved with a lot of those Innocence Projects. David protests for a long time because of his involvement in these um, in these wrongful conviction cases was a hero in the city of Chicago uh, to certain communities and particularly within the legal innocence community and the journal, journalism community so uh-huh. the question and, and he actually had done some good work but it, clearly things ran off the track in the porter case and and uh you know he in in the process he destroyed his career but and did a lot oh, of damage yeah. it's one of those things where it's really almost impossible to sort out the facts because this thing has is now officially over i mean they've settled the case presumably northwestern paid a lot of money to all story simon and everybody's going to keep their mouth shut and that's that's the rule right that's yeah, the agreement they made. Unbelievable story, and it just makes me ask myself. You know, I used to think that the Innocence Project was had, as a lot of people, was really doing a lot of good, and I'm sure they have. They have. But it. now I ask, you know, you just ask yourself, you know, or you know, are they really? Are maybe maybe they're not doing all they're supposed to be doing. You know. Well, it all comes down to the people, and there are a lot of great people involved in those those projects, and they're they are doing what I think is very very important work, but. That doesn't necessarily mean that everybody involved in that has uh, has pure motives. By the way, there's a movie about that called Murder in the Park, uh, which I suppose if you try hard, you can get a copy of it somewhere and watch it. And there's also a book by William Crawford uh, called uh, Justice Perverted, which which I found extremely interesting. I mean, he's got the case. He's got all the documents that pretty much demonstrate that uh, Mr. Simon's allegations were right on the nose. Well, Jim, I tell you, the way you outlined it, I mean, it was just like, I mean, I couldn't put the paper down. It was just such a great <laughs> well, good. article. It's a compelling story. Really you know, I'm, I'm a pretty good reporter when I have a pretty good story to tell. When <laughs> well, I don't, I'm sure. in trouble. <laughs> yeah. You sure are. Hey, listen, I know you guys are coming up on the news. I got one other quick thing I want to mention, and that is I always believe in giving credit when, when credit is due. And uh, I want to give credit to the Illinois State Police. For the job they did on the uh, the Interstate 74 thing, uh, it, it it is just it, it's like they described it a needle in a haystack. It's unbelievable 
I keep telling my wife I can't quit talking about it. I tell you, I have not been the biggest fan of the Illinois State Police going all the way back to the Lieutenant Michael Callahan thing. Right. And I know, Jim, you the know Steiner about Whitlock that. Case. And Ryan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's always left a sour taste in my mouth. I think he was one of the best officers that ever put the uniform on. And, and of course, that did not, uh, you know, that was pretty dis- disgraceful for ISP for, you know, for 20 years or more. And uh, but I want to tell you that this 74 thing, they they couldn't have they did a fantastic job and they deserve all the credit that, uh, you know, that that they uh, they are due uh, a great police work. And I think we should be proud of them to have them in our community and in our state. Well, you know, what's amazing about that thing is that the guy just kept doing it. And uh, I mean, wherever he went, he was apparently doing it. And, you know, the, you can't get away with that forever. And apparently he thought he could. Yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, there's there's another movie to be made or a book to be written. I <laughs> mean, uh, you know, just catching the, you know, they probably could have convicted the guy, you know, on just pulling him over, but actually seeing him do it in the act. I mean, you know, you can't ever have enough evidence these days. So it, it's just great the way it all went down. Yeah. Hey, Pat, you had a bouquet of compliments there. Thank oh, you. you. Did. Oh, okay, Brian. Anything thank else you, you got to say you, there, Pat? Yeah. I mean, come on. No, that's we all. still got thirty more minutes. <laughs> no, that's all right. <laughs> Hey, you, you guys are doing a great job, and always uh, your show. Your show is really, uh, really uh, very enjoyable and very informative, and I appreciate all you guys do. Thank you, Pat. Okay, Brian. Great, great to you, hear Pat. from you. Thank you. Thanks. All right. We need a break, and back with the news with Michael Kaiser, and we'll catch our breath and take your phone calls, emails, and texts after the news. Back on Penny for your thoughts, news talk for DWS. Explore issues that matter most to you, your family, and your financial future with Busey's Magazine, The Pillar, the spring issue available now. Refresh, renew, and restore your home with tips, including how a Busey home equity line or line of credit can help finance your fixes. A Busey connects the dots between health and wealth with expert advice. I also want to uh, commend uh, Vice Chair Ed Charlos retiring after more than five decades of commitment and service to Busey. That's in The Pillar Magazine. Meet a few faces of Busey as the organization honors unique and talented associates. And uh, you can see them more on Busey.com. And Busey introduces a nonprofit partner, Midwest Food Bank, sharing its blessings and bridging the needs of neighbors suffering from food insecurities. It's all in Busey's magazine, The Pillar. The Pillar covers topics that matter most to you. To read The Pillar, request a copy. Visit the publications page in the Resource Center on Busey.com or stop by any of their convenient locations today. Michael Kaiser has the news. More phone calls, emails, and texts on this uh, open forum here, open line. Jim Dye with me for the rest of the uh, show. But now the news. A Penny for Your Thoughts with Brian Barnhart continues on News Talk 1400 WDWS. Penny for your thoughts rolling on here on this Wednesday. We talked to Jeff Scott, the new uh, CEO and president of the Stevens Family YMCA, in the first hour. Took open line calls. We've got Jim Dye in with us here this hour. A couple of things I wanted to touch on, and we'll get back to the phones. Uh, A, the Miss America pageant is changing. Gretchen Carlson. Apparently it is. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> eliminating the swimsuit part of it. Yeah, well, that's uh, going to disappoint a lot of guys, but I suppose uh, the feminists will be thrilled. And uh, uh, I don't. Well, interested to see how the, how this affects the ratings. But uh, it airs uh, Sunday, September 9th on ABC, uh, the News Gazette. I know Jeff D'Alessio and others put together a um, I'm article to today. I am willing to bet that the women that show up on that stage will all be very, very pretty. 
And it says here, it says uh, Gretchen Carlson is no longer a pageant where a competition will no longer judge our candidates on their outward physical appearance. Instead of strutting their stuff, contestants will participate in a live interactive session with the judges. They'll also be required to demonstrate their passion, intelligence, and overall understanding of the uh, Miss America. And uh, there was some reaction, different ones that I mentioned Jeff D'Alessio got. Uh, the 1999 winner uh, applauded that move. She says, I was bothered by the seeming object, I can't even say the word, objectification. Uh, however, to accomplish my goal of speaking out about health and diabetes, I was willing to be uncomfortable. Uh, to a contestant, 1990s Miss Vermilion County, swearing all the girls hated the swimsuit segment. Uh, Illinois, uh, in Illinois, 12 counties will hold their fair pageants this month. Macon County up first on Thursday. Vermilion and Ford to follow. 45 more scheduled for next month, including Champaign County. So we'll see if that uh, trickles down to Well, I can, I can understand there. why the women uh, would be, you know, a little uncomfortable or resentful about the, about the swimsuit competition. But after all, it, it is a beauty contest. And if you want to compete in a beauty contest, I guess you have to. You have to kind of live with the realities of, of beauty. So so that was the big story from yesterday. The other one was uh, Blagojevich. I think uh, there was a column or editorial right. on Sunday about Blagojevich. Uh, um, right. It was about, uh, you know, Trump is making noises about pardoning Blagojevich. And in, in, in our mind, my mind, uh, it's not, I, I shouldn't say pardon. I should say commuting the, less, the rest of his 14-year mm-hmm. sentence. Yeah, commuting. I think he deserves every day. Uh, that he spends behind bars. The damage that he did to Illinois and the ambition of his extortion scheme with which he participated uh, with, you know, 20 other people uh, was was unprecedented in scope, even in Illinois. So I, I think Judge Zagel gave him that sentence for a very good reason. The judge thought about it carefully. Did he hammer him? Yes, he did. And maybe we should have been hammering Illinois' crooked politicians a long time ago to create a, a deterrence uh, because, you know, we've been giving politicians in Illinois love taps for a long time for the damage that they do when they betray their office. And uh, I, I can't summon up any sympathy for Blagojevich uh, getting what he deserved. Now, yep. is it hard on his family? Is it hard on his kids? Absolutely. Was what he did hard on the state of Illinois? You better believe it. I mean, he's, he's one of the guys who's responsible primarily for where we're at now in the state of Illinois. It's interesting because I talked about it out in our lobby and uh, mentioned, you know, about the pardon potential. Mm-hmm. And one person said, Oh, you know, well, I thought the sentence was too long anyway. You know, mm-hmm. it was 14, and maybe it should be 7, which is about where he is right now, halfway through. And the other person immediately said, no, he he needs to serve every minute of that. Yeah. So even just a sure. quick aside in an open lobby, I had two totally different opinions. Well, there's no question that it was, by the standards of sentences given to corrupt politicians, 14 years is a pretty pretty good whack. I mean, there's no question about that. Now, the, But the issue is, what was he convicted of? Uh, how what was how great was his breach of trust, and what's the appropriate penalty for that? Now, is is the world going to end if he gets a commutation of his sentence? No, he still spent seven years behind bars. He's obviously totally unrepentant. By the way, you know he just wrote a thing in the Wall Street Journal mm-hmm. saying uh, all I did was try to legitimately raise campaign funds. Well, that's not what he did. The guy cannot tell the truth. I mean, he was extorting people, including a hospital executive at, at uh, one of the children's hospitals in Chicago that had, had received a state grant. Obama was holding up the grant 
while he could shake so he could shake this hospital executive down for money. Now, does that is that something we're really happy about? I mean, should, yeah. shouldn't that kind of behavior be punished severely? Yeah, Blago. Judge Zagel thought so. Yeah, Blago, not not Obama. I'm but sorry, yeah. did I say yeah. Obama? Yeah, no, not Obama. Obama is honest. As, <laughs> Obama is honest as the day is long. We'll just say that. All right, we'll take a quick break. We've got callers waiting and texts. We'll get to that after this in a moment. Any for your thoughts continues here. News Talk 1400. Brian Barnard with Jim Dye. Uh, Bill texts in. He says, can contestants in Burkas be far behind? Talking about the uh, <laughs> the uh, pageant there. Uh, text, will you have Jim Turpin on sometime as a guest? Uh, I, I think he'd be an interesting guy. On all my interactions with Jim as a friend over the years, I've never interviewed him one-on-one. So that's an interesting thought. Also, uh, Brian, could you ask Jim about the FOIA question that was asked by Alan earlier? I'll tell you what that is in a moment. Stan's been waiting. Hey, Stan, good morning. Good morning, guys. Good morning. I'm, I have uh, a thousand things I could talk about, as you know, but I'll try to try to be as brief as possible. Just do 500. Uh, <laughs> well, that would uh, take a lot longer than we have left in the show. Now let's try it. Go ahead, Stan. Do right now. Anyway. But anyway, two quick yes or no questions. And then a uh, comment, uh, if I may. Uh, first question, yes or no, Jim, uh, does Scott Pruitt still have a job? Uh, well, you're talking about the head of the uh, EPA. EPA. I believe he does. Uh, and yes. I understand there's another you, controversy involving him, but I, I'm not familiar with the details. But, yes, he still has a job so far as I know. That, that's exactly where I'm going. So far, he's got 15 or so uh, uh, investigations into his activities as head of the EPA. Uh, he has, Most of those investigations have to do with him uh, dealing with companies that have business before the EPA. And yesterday, uh, the 16th or whatever the next number of, of investigations is opened up because Scott Pruitt used people on his staff to contact Chick-fil-A to try to get them to give his wife a um, franchise franchise with the company. Chick-fil-A gets about 40,000 requests for franchises a year, and they grant only about 100. But Scott Pruitt thought if he used his uh, position, apparently used his position as EPA director since Chick-fil-A has issues with EPA, EPA anyway, uh, he could get his wife a uh, franchise. Mm-hmm. Should he be in jail for 14 or 15 years? Well, I mean, if there's a crime he committed and he got convicted of it, uh, certainly. But, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, I don't know, is this criminal? I don't know what this is. I mean, I haven't, I'm not it familiar enough with the details. But, uh, it is a criminal you know, he's, act, and it's punishable by 20 years. Okay. Um you know, he has been the subject of so much controversial news coverage that he either has the worst judgment in the world or he is uh, being sorely uh, picked on. And maybe it's a combination of both. I don't know. But, yes, he does have a job. Well, and, yes, member. there's another controversy involving him. And his tenure may not, uh, you know, his tenure is not guaranteed. That's for sure. Hey, i got to move, well, Stan. But a member but, of the Trump cabinet. Well, thank you, sir. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, we were talking earlier. Somebody had asked about... Um, these uh, Rauner commercials that have Blago talking to J.B. Pritzker. Right. How did they get those? Is that well, those, I think, were part of the – those were take, uh, FBI wiretaps on Blago, in which, you, you know, they, they had extensive surveillance on him. Mm-hmm. That's part of their 
you know, years-long investigation. And among the people that he talked to uh, was uh, J.B. Pritzker. So um, they have probably have conversations with Blagojevich uh, and a lot of different people, including J.B., yeah. and, and those things are entered into the court record. And then as, they, as a result of that, they become part of the public domain. And the the Rauner administration apparently thinks that they can be politically helpful because they – they portray J.B. interacting with someone who is basically despised on a statewide level in Illinois. Text in, says if Lago gets 14, Hillary gets 140. Well, you, uh, first of all, you got to be charged and convicted. So <laughs> I don't think anybody's yeah. going to charge Hillary with anything. <laughs> and uh, Paul and Biment says if Obama was honest, then I'm the Pope. That's uh, from Paul. Nah, you know, Obama uh, you was know. an honest guy. I mean, you can't necessarily disagree with everything that he did, or you can say every every uh, decision that they made was uh, above board and non-political but from a personal standpoint Obama I think is <clears throat> is beyond question in and terms I think, of his personal probity I think there's pretty much uh, 100% agreement on that with his family that he raised he and Michelle raised two really I mean did a great job with his daughter I mean Obama I was you know, Obama is a good person most of these people are, are basically good people and you know politically you can disagree with them but but uh you know I don't I, I think sometimes we get a little too carried away uh, by turning our political opposition to people into some kind of personal animosity that kind of skews our perspectives. And uh, email in says, good morning, guys. We were discussing the crazy case of the um, slingshot or at lunch earlier this week. One of our tech guys said Google or Apple could have likely solved that case in 30 seconds, depending on the phone the bandit used. Just cross-reference the incident locations and phones within a mile of each of those incidents and maybe that's what they did that's chris so well see now that's he's got me there <laughs> these guys these high-tech guys they they can do all kinds of things and uh uh you know they did use they did subpoena his phone records uh maybe that's what they were doing it but yeah if you can do that kind of thing with uh, tech then you ought to be doing it and i'm sure law enforcement if they're not doing it now will be doing it soon we'll take a quick break back with more after this on penny couple of calls to get to. Again, Woods Basement Systems, one of our sponsors. Mold pests of all type and smells get cranked up when the air conditioner does. If you've got a leak, a crack in your basement or wall space down there, get a free estimate from Woods and fix those basement and crawl space cracks once and for all. And it can be found inside on drywall, outside in masonry. And they have two things in common. They get worse if you ignore them, and they keep stealing value from your home until the cause is fixed. They've won a lot of awards for their work in this area, and including they're most proud of the Better Business Bureau Torch Awards. So what is it costing you to not fix the problem? 888-935-4333 is the number, or go to woodsbasementsystems.com. Mike is up next. Uh, hi, Mike. Good morning. Hey, good morning. Hey, uh, you were talking about uh, Obama's honesty. Uh, your news at the bottom of the hour was the Obama administration secretly sought to give Iran access to the U.S. financial system, despite repeatedly telling Congress and the public it had no plans to do so. Uh, I think your 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 looks at uh, Obama's uh, his honesty uh, might be contradicted by your uh, news broadcast uh, just a few minutes ago. Major controversy here. Let me just say I was referring to Obama's personal probity, not the. Not the uh, policies, uh, controversial policies. But, um, of you know, the... keep in mind he's a he's a politician. He's a politician from well, Illinois. Sure. That's sure. Two, that's two strikes against you, right there. <laughs> well, there you go. I mean, I'll, I'll certainly concede those two points. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Thank you. Appreciate it. And Eric, good morning. How are you, sir? Good morning, um, Eric. Are you are know. you gonna are you gonna pick a fight with me too? I, I wasn't planning. Oh, okay. All right. Good. 
I just wanted to prepare. Well, go ahead. Once, uh, once, if I might. Uh, <laughs> I know you might. <laughs> once said by some, all right, now then. Uh, it was once said that a society's system of justice is no better than its measure of mercy. All right. Now, on this Blagojevich thing, I didn't vote for the guy. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, one of the guys I went to school with ended up killing himself, uh, falling on the sword for him, uh, yeah. Chris Kelly. Yeah, Chris Kelly, yeah. But that said, I think seven years is enough. I mean, I look back to George Ryan and, you know, the way he was handing out CDL licenses and a family of seven people right at the Wisconsin border got whacked. I mean, seven deaths, you know, in a fiery blaze. You're right. You know, plus he, he inherited a state that was in the black and started all this Illinois kids first and all these other, you know, drains on, 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 on the on the revenue and the resources and the assets of the state. And so you get a guy like Blagojevich who's an, an arrogant blowhard but basically, all he did is talk about the stuff that goes on behind the scenes on a daily basis. I think seven years is enough. That it sends a message to people that you know choose to be governor and, and, and or high-ranking official in the future, yep. and that you know this is you know this is what's going to happen to you. Yep. And hey, I think I think uh, I think it's time. Hey, Eric, I got to run, but well, thank see, you, that, sir. That just shows the, the you know the differences of opinion. It's you know I think one way, and Eric thinks another, and somebody else might think something different. So. There you go. Hey, Jim, thank you, sir. Well, thank you. Been a fun hour and a fun day. Back tomorrow. Penny for your thoughts. WDWS. Chick Fainer Band.